today on the Tearsheet Podcast. There is a lot of um, issue around like where do you pay and when and, and getting paid upfront or getting paid like 90 days later. And there's a lot of pain that comes with it to, to the suppliers. So a lot of workflow and, and complexity around payments, as well as just iterations around parts, iterations about um, delivery times and, and schedules and changes of purchase orders, changes of parts, like many, many different aspects around this workflow that had to be taken into account. Coming up, September 15th is our first in-person event in a long time. Tearsheet's Power Payments Conference is going to be held at current Chelsea Piers, New York City. This is an exclusive event for the select professionals and brands making a mark and setting the course for the payment space. To be among the few special decision makers, head on over to apply for tickets on our site now. I will also include a link in the show description. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm your host, Tearsheet's Editor-in-Chief, Zach Miller. There's a reason B2B payments haven't been solved. It's so complicated. The need for different terms, payment forms, approvals, and workflows makes it damn hard to automate and digitize. So to really get at the heart of B2B payments, you have to first start with the quoting and invoicing process. Payments come later. And that's just what Giga is doing for the manufacturing sector. The SaaS company has zeroed in on improving the work that goes into everything that comes before payments in manufacturing. Embedded payments is just the next piece. Jiga's co-founder and CEO, Adar Hay, joins us on the podcast today to discuss the evolution of his early stage company. From the pandemic era genesis story, we move on to how the firm's product supports the different players in the manufacturing value chain through payments. Adar Hay is my guest today on the Tearsheet Podcast. Great. So who are you and what do you do? I'm Adar. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Giga. Giga automates sourcing tasks for manufacturing companies, and it helps them centralize their quoting and order data in one place. Wow. I'm excited to dig deeper in there because I know there's a lot behind the scenes in what you just described. And one of the things I'm always taken aback with as we're talking more and more about embedded finance is like the platforms that are, are finding ways to embed finance is like... Three years ago, we would never have had somebody in, in manufacturing here on the podcast. So um, <laughs> I'd love to start with sort of the, the Genesis story, though. How, how did, I, is Giga, did it solve scratch it, an itch of yours that you had? Did you come from the industry? Or what, what was the magical moment, I guess, that, decided, that you decided to jump into this field? Sure. So I, I personally didn't come from manufacturing. So it's it's interesting. How did I get to that space? Uh, two years ago, I went to visit my friend, Asaf, who is my co-founder. He was running a machine shop in Tel Aviv. Mm-hmm. And I saw how manual his work was, his customers, his team, everything was very, very manual. And we just saw it and we decided to do something about it. It was a very manual beginning. Uh, happy to elaborate about that. But this is how we initially started and, and identified the problem. And so how do you begin to solve that problem? Like, where do you start? Because um, I have to imagine that payments is just part of a much bigger workflow issue. How, how do you begin to think about where to begin? Exactly. That's exactly right. The, the, the transaction is is. A- very complex. There is a lot of interactions involved. So uh, the way we started, we actually, we, we're both not technical. Like we ha- we later added the technical 
a co-founder mm -hmm. is, is CTO and we just started with a web form and storing uh, parts on our living rooms and just starting delivering orders in a more, more streamlined way. So this was the beginning. It was the beginning of COVID. So everything was a little bit crazy and people were, in a way, people were more um, uh, were more open to listen to things and, and more open to um, clunky um startups that they're just starting out uh, to 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 uh, try them out so that was the beginning talk to me a little bit more about like you said parts on the couch like what did those early days look like um did you were part of it automated and part of it you were sort of just faking it until you make made it that type exactly, of exactly yeah we the, the customer thought that uh, a lot of the things that we currently automate were like uh were automated but back in the time it wasn't it was just a, a fancy web form that i knew how to design but nothing behind it like just humans that uh, the deliver parts to uh to, to 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 the places that we're ordered from and uh, th that was how we started we had to store them somewhere and we didn't have anywhere to store so living room is the most logical place until uh, our wives were were impatient <laughs> about it get an office um so so let's talk about some of the challenges that um the manufacturing supply chain faces and the ones that you address specifically so if you think about manufacturing it's a um, traditional industry there is a complex workflow you basically you drive goods from one place to another so one one of the interesting questions about payments is where do where do you pay do you pay when you receive the goods do you pay when everything is like quality approved do you pay uh, when when someone started production because he already wasted That's money awesome. right so so he wants to protect himself so there is a lot of um issue around like where do you pay and when and and getting paid upfront or getting paid like 90 days later and there's a lot of pain that comes with it to to the suppliers so a lot of workflow and and complexity around payments as well as just iterations around parts iterations about um delivery times and and schedules and changes of purchase orders changes of parts like many many different aspects around this workflow that had to be taken into account when was it clear to you as you started building jiga that the core problem needed to be solved with the workflow aspects, not necessarily the financial components. That's a very interesting question. I think that we saw that because it came from people that we served. So anytime we wanted to deliver something, so one customer told us, yeah, but we need a purchasing approval. And one time a customer said it has to be, it has to have a step of quality assurance, or I have to know when it is in delivery and I have it, to have it integrated with my delivery shipping service and I want to use my own shipping service and not the, the supplier's shipping service and we had to have both options and everything like piled up into what we are now today which we support um, we're proud to support like this entire workflow we, we usually don't have um, many requests that we don't already know so that's that's encouraging but it was very complex at the beginning because a lot of things come into that. And I guess that's one of the challenges why, you know, B2B payments is so much harder to get right than, you know, consumer payments, because consumer payments, basically a payment firm can say, this is how we expect you to do it, as opposed to B2B payments, where it sounds like you have to be completely responsive to all the different ways companies handle these types of things. 
yeah, it's it's even more about like you you create a relationship between two sides, and there's a lot of things that happen there. So it makes a lot of more it makes a lot more sense that consumer payments started first, and only then like B two B will come after. Because if you think about it, consumer is very simple. You um, you you only do the transaction and it's finished it's it's usually it's not a very big deal so if you think about like ordering a taxi um but if you think about buying a part and buying a part multiple times from the same supplier so the business model should be different because you cannot charge 30% over an existing relationship or relationship that's already established people will just go around you because it doesn't worth the extra efficiency you think millions of dollars that are now transferred you won't pay that that amount uh, but you have other business models that you can that you can uh, uh, use and there's also like a lot of complexity into that workflow which makes a lot of sense like why it takes so much time to to bring that online but there is a huge opportunity there for many many industries so talk about the role of payments um, within the giga platform like Walk us through, I guess, some of the workflow and where where payments, you know, comes in. Sure. So um, as part of our platform, there's a possibility to discover new suppliers as well as working with your existing ones. And we treat these two differently. Mm -hmm. Um, With supplier discovery, we handle the payments for uh, the customers. So there's a lot of friction in terms of onboarding. Uh, new suppliers and getting them to the system and qualifying them. So we do all of that heavy lifting, legal, everything around that. And according to the supplier, the the customer's requirements, we let them discover these uh, suppliers and then we handle that payment. Mm -hmm. So handling that payment reduces the friction. And not only that, it creates trust because it's like we we serve as, as an escrow. And according to the agreement between the two sides, we only then deliver the money. So if you think about that, it's the whole issue about like who should hold the money is like it's solved. It's it's a little bit like um, the older B2B uh, platforms like uh, Fiverr or Upwork where they mm-hmm. were holding the money and, and paying back. That's something that also applies here. I see. Um, and... When you went out to build Giga, um, how, what, what did you decide to build and what did you decide to partner with in terms of building the, the infrastructure, the stack? Um, I think that the core things that we focus on are uh, supporting the, uh, the transaction workflow and, and everything that streamlines uh, that this is the this is a core part of our product, but then like the things that we can use and there's the, uh, an amazing payment infrastructure that wasn't there before. Um, we we wanted to integrate with. So first of all, integrations play a key part of of what we do because people want uh, their workflow not to be in separate places, but to be centralized in the same place. So this is. Uh, something that's very interesting, like integrating with ERPs, integrating with shipping providers, integrating with uh, other kinds of software, uh, but also like um, just consolidating that that information into, into one place and then uh, supporting that workflow in a way that um, that serves the manufacturing industry is really something that's core, that's core part of our business. And what payments providers are built into the platform? So currently we use Stripe, Mm-hmm. Um, which is um, 
really it provides very good experience to the developers and also to to the customers so currently we're very happy but we do think about um, other solutions uh, that that would serve other parts of of the workflow so right now we don't do all payments um, online because there are some things that are like you big bank transfer stuff like that that we di- didn't digitize yet so we do look at solutions but right now it serves as a very good uh, solution for now are there still checks being used with some of your clients some of the some of the manufacturers um, not for us actually we okay. um, we we do see most of it is like bank transfers and uh, and and some of it is also credit card mm-hmm. And and talk to me about, um, I guess the role that payments will play in scaling the the. It sounds like I guess when you're when you're bringing your in the supplier discovery, you, you've built a marketplace. Um, what's the role of payments as you think of growing this thing to really you know be a very very vibrant marketplace? So I think that the the payment thing is, as I said, is a huge pain in the, in the manufacturing industry if you think about the small machine shop that has to be paid they have expenses and the customer pays them uh, 90 days from now that's a big pain so anything around like financial services that you can provide um, to to customers is, is a really interesting thing uh, that you can make like lending and uh, and, and insurance and uh, and stuff like that mm-hmm. um, because you w- once you have that transaction you can do uh, I, I i would say interesting things with um with what with what value you can provide so you cannot take huge transaction fees obviously because you want the business to keep going on on your platform but then you can give the customers value uh in in different forms that they actually need because you're already there can you give an example of something that you could provide so, for example, you can pay the supplier ahead of time in exchange for a certain fee. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a good example for something that suppliers might really want that. They might even use a similar service um, and we can provide them that in something that they already get business from. So that's a huge advantage. Yeah, I guess you could do factoring or invoice financing as well. Yeah, definitely yeah. things that we are thinking about as well. BNPL, those all types of ancillary services. Um, how do you? How does Giga make money? What's what's your revenue model? So um, we're a combination of uh, SaaS. We take subscription fees for the actual software because if you think about it, we're SaaS first. At least for now, um, we we just sell license fees because we're first a software to streamline and automate parts of your business, and you don't even have to work with outside suppliers. As in, you 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 can just streamline your own business processes, but then uh, we also take small transaction fees for suppliers that we connect you with, and you build a relationship with. And it's a transaction fees that that uh, you can live with. You can still work it. It's worth the extra efficiency and automation, and the fact that suppliers already there, and suppliers wouldn't want to get off platform. So all of that things. Um, it, it, it makes sense for that transaction fee to, to be that much. So, and where are you in terms of the company's maturity? Obviously it's early stage company started two years ago. Um, yes. maybe put it in context and where, what, what are your aspirations? Sure. So we are a YC company and we got out of YC about a year and a little bit ago. We are a seed stage company. We raised the 3.1 million, um, 
a little bit after YC. We, we currently focused on just acquiring more customers and uh, building the business. Um, and where are you in terms of the product maturity? Like, are there, I guess, take how, how broadly do you do you serve the ecosystem now? And are there aspirations, I guess, to expand beyond where you are today? So right now, uh, we really focused on um, the RFQ, the request for quote process and the mm-hmm. purchase order changes and stuff like that. Um, so everything from RFQ to purchase order. And, and we, if you think more deeply, we can provide a lot of value by capturing this workflow because you can give data to uh, customers about the space because we are focused on manufacturing. We can uh, get them access to data about uh, trends in the market, about um, custom quotes for custom parts and how much their custom part could cost because we have that data and, uh, and all around that. So data and, and expanding like the workflow services and moving up market are, are some of the stuff that we're looking at. And maybe then later, like uh, expanding uh, the offering. I have two remaining questions for you. One is as Adar, as you're building out the market, you talked about specific companies and being able to provide them things that they're asking for. Um, but being a generalist as a platform, like are there in specific industries that are with specific supply chain problems that, that you're addressing or is it a more generic solution? I, I guess the question is, will you go a vertical in terms of providing specific solutions to specific industries? I think that um, just by going uh, vertically to uh, manufacturing, I mean, we can go even, we could go even deeper into one aspect of manufacturing, but uh, we see like pretty similar problems across um, the space. Um, So we don't want to go too specific, Um, but definitely we're currently focusing on the manufacturing vertical, because if you look at this specific vertical, the workflows and the way they work is very specialized and you have to get many things right. Um, so definitely going to focus on that for now. And we have time for that one last question. Yeah, nice. Big, big hairy, audacious goal. Um, where do you see Jiga in you know five years from now? In terms of what? You tell me, like, what, 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 what's driving you to build this company? What, where, where do you see the company? Um, what are your your goals as 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 CEO? Right. So I think the most satisfying uh, thing is to see how we can accelerate a product that uh, and bring them to life uh, faster than they used to. So think about like we can accelerate the purchase order process from thirty days to uh, four days. So this is like getting medical devices faster to market and sustainability products and hardware products are, are doing a lot of good to the world. So that's my main driver. And I think that um, in five years from now, I will definitely want to be a place where every manufacturing company uh, considers as, as a way to, at least for that, a specific workflow to, to use and go to and only think about uh, going forward. Dar, thanks so much for joining us on the Tearsheet Podcast today. Thank you, Zach.